0: From Electric Forest Radio. This is the Brainery Hour. In this series, we bring you the essence of the Brainery, a space on site at Electric Forest for intentional learning where workshops are hosted with a wide variety of topics and curators. This episode features a recording of the Her Forest panel from Electric Forest 2018. Her Forest focuses on connection, inspiration, and comfort, and the program's a collaboration between all who identify as women and those who celebrate their enjoyment of and equality in the Forest family. The panel, with the theme centered in sisterhood, includes artists from the lineup and behind-the-scenes creators from the festival itself. Of course, for more brainery Hour episodes, subscribe to the Electric Forest Radio podcast wherever you get your podcasts, or visit electricforestfestival.com slash radio. Now, here's host and moderator of the panel, Hannah Muse.
1: Welcome, y'all. We are so, so stoked that we're here. We have amplification. We can hear each other. We can see each other. We can smell each other. It's Sunday. We're feeling good. So happy to welcome you all um, to Centered and Sisterhood, this panel here brought to you by Her Forest, by this incredible festival of Electric Forest. And I just want to welcome everyone here. I'm so glad we have sisters here. I'm so glad we have brothers here, humans here. No matter you, your gender identity, we're just glad that you showed up and are here with us today. So I want you to meet our incredible panel because they're super badass, incredible women that I'm honored to be here with. My name's Hannah and I have had the honor of being a part of the electric forest sisterhood for several years now i don't know five or six or something um teaching yoga and meditation with y'all every morning and um i am so so stoked that there's all these different ways that we have to connect and really drop in with embodied presence and this is one of them this weekend this panel so i want to i want to introduce you. To our incredible panel. And then I'm just gonna say their names, and I want you all to introduce yourselves because we wanna hear all about what you guys are up to. So we have Mared Hidalgo right here. Give her a hand. <laughs> Hi, everyone. And then we have Kavehi. Hi, I'm Kavehi. <laughs> and Mary Ellen. Hello. And Dasha Davis. Hello. <laughs> And we have Kiran Gandhi, otherwise known as Madam Gandhi, and Nova Han. Oh, oh, yeah. So does anybody feel, do you feel called to start, to just tell us about like what you do, what your work is, your art is? Yeah?
2: So my name is Mered. I am the producer here for the video team here at the festival. This is my fourth year here, and hopefully many more to come. And. If you guys don't know what a producer does, I basically do all the logistics and handling and crew hiring and all the fun stuff and making sure that all the content that you guys see in video form on social media and the internet comes out great. So that's what I do. That's awesome. We're so
1: glad
3: you're doing it. Thank you. With grace. Uh, What's up? My name's Kavehi. I am a musician. I do like a one-woman band kind of deal. And um, first time at the forest. I'm just super pumped to be here. Thank you.
4: Hi. I am Mary. Um, I am a booking agent at Madison House, which is the sister company of Madison House Presents that puts on this lovely festival. Um, So I've been fortunate enough to work on the Base Nectar booking team for about three and a half years now, um, as well as some other electronic artists.
5: Hey guys, so I am Dasha. I'm the Artist Relations Director here at the festival. This is my seventh Electric Forest, and I also did both of the Rothberries. So we go way back, me and this land. Um, But so I'm in charge of the the artist logistics. So everything that's happening behind the scenes, off the stage, um, is something that me and my team help to put together and coordinate. And that's something that I do at several events and festivals throughout the, the country, some international as well. Um, and I've been freelance for about 10 years doing that, somehow. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My name is Kieran. I
6: perform as Madame Gandhi. I performed last night, and thank you all so much for coming to the show. Um, I'll perform next Saturday as well for those who are coming up to week two. Um, I grew up in New York City playing the drums. Um, I'm very passionate about gender equality and gender liberation. Um, in 2015, I ran the London Marathon Bleeding Freely on my period as, woo, a, woo. as a global act to combat all yeah. of the shame that faces women um, around the world when it comes to our menstrual cycle, yes. most basic part of the female anatomy. Um, and that, and that, that story sort of went viral and allowed me in the past three years to produce my own music that explores um, these themes. And I used to play the drums for MIA, if there's any MIA fans in the room. Um, and I don't know if y'all listen to Kehlani, but I got to play for Kehlani last week at Pride, which was really fun as well, just playing percussion for her set. Um, and it's an absolute privilege uh, to be here. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
7: Um, I'm Nova Han, and I'm a creative director for Electric Forest. I design and produce um, everything that goes on in the hangar uh, bring out all the performers in the forest, the installations in the forest, and I also design the big shebang shows for the Saturday Night String Cheese Show, which is happening next weekend. So I hope to see you there. Yes, thank you.
1: Incredible, incredible. Well, I just want to dive right in here to this, um, you know, this idea of sisterhood and how we lift each other up. You know, we have this world where there are structures and systems, patriarchy and oppression, and, um, you know, systems that are not always in service to lifting sisters up. And so I would love to just hear from any of you who feel like speaking to um, maybe specifics in your own life of how... You have been uplifted, you know, by other sisters in some way. Like, in your different, beautiful, gifted roles that you play in this world, like, how have other sisters helped you get here? Because we're all looking at you guys like, wow. Like, how did they get here? They're doing incredible things. So, yeah, Karen, I'd love to hear from you. Please. I
6: already. I just wanted to say when you all were introducing yourself, I felt really inspired. Yes. I felt really inspired because... What we don't understand is that even though men are so so beautiful and I surround myself with incredible men in my life, there are unconscious biases that exist when we are doing sound, when they are booking acts. And unless there's people who look like us in these gatekeeping positions of power, an act like myself won't get booked. And the reason my project got booked is because there was a f- woman at Electric Forest who hit my agent at Paradigm who is another woman and said, "This is the kind of vibe that we want to bring to our space." And we would love to to book Madame Gandhi, but unless there's somebody who's thinking like that in those positions like you are, my project will never get seen and heard, and the message will never get seen and heard. So it's so powerful and so important to have a rich diversity of people booking and people gatekeeping and people producing content and people making music, otherwise the same kinds of like bro EDM, like producer bro things will just get booked over and over again. And, and that stuff is, is amazing, because I learn a lot about production from those incredible, talented people. But I find that while music is amazing, those acts lack spirituality, and they lack this desire to self-improve. And if anything, a lot of those acts perpetuate the desire to self-destruct. And so it's good to have a mix and a wide offering. And I think that's not possible unless you have a diverse array of people in those positions of power.
1: Yes, thank you. And yeah, if you didn't all know, Electric Forest is like this incredible beacon of you know women running the world. It's yes. so cool. Yeah. So yes, thank you. Thank you. It's so inspiring. Um, does anyone else have anything to share, you know, any stories or moments in your career or, or in your life where you felt like um, you know sisters or a sister in the industry or maybe it was a friend or something really helped you in a way that got you here to sit on this couch today?
2: Yeah, I just want to say my mom is my hero first and foremost. Woof, woof. I love my mom. Without her, I wouldn't be here at all. But in terms of really specifically to this festival, I guess I'll backtrack a little bit to go to my, my life outside the festival a little bit. Is there are very, There's a lack of women everywhere in video production and photo production everywhere. So nice to come here and to see that the, the main people I work with are women. Like, Darcy over there, I talk with her and Carrie at Live Loud and all her team, it's like an all-women team, it's amazing. And without that support, I wouldn't be doing this, I wouldn't feel as confident to be doing this because it's a struggle outside of here to, I am the minority. I have to, you know, constantly prove myself of why I'm there and why I should have to prove myself I shouldn't. But, so here it's really special and I really appreciate that.
1: Thank Thank you, Mered
4: yeah just going off of that um i'm lucky enough to work the floor above madison house presents um so whenever i go to the fourth floor it's pretty incredible you walk down and it's just all women all these badass women just taking care of business and um a lot of them are the reason why i'm here and why i've been able to get to where i am in the industry um you know, people like Nadia and Alicia and Darcy and Joanna, so many people, strong women, that um, really there's this self-propelling female power at Madison House and Madison House Presents, which I think you can feel when you walk through the forest and you see what Nova's done with all of the art and everything. And um, it's really, really, really inspiring. And I don't think that you get that everywhere, so I feel very lucky and fortunate. Um but yeah, I mean, so, so many of these women who have taken risks on me to trust me uh, to do things that maybe I'm not even quite ready to do yet, um, you know, giving me a little bit of rope and seeing how I do um, is really the only way that I've been able to grow. Um, and so I'm very, very thankful for all those women that Madison House presents. A lot of them over there right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you.
5: I'll jump in on that too, because that's very much to the point, Mary, is that when I started particularly what I was doing, um, even thinking back to Rothbury, but also second year of Electric Forest, is really Alicia in particular giving me the opportunity and saying, like, I know you can do this. It might sound crazy to try to manage 160 acts in one weekend, but you can do it. And you can build the team that's going to support you and make it happen. Um, And so it is. It's been a lot of that support and faith that others have had in you to be able to, to recognize in yourself that I have the power to do this. Um, I also had the opportunity to take my mom out on a gig once, um, which up until that point I really think that my parents in particular thought that I was just going on these festival vacations. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, you know, to an extent we're really, really, really lucky what we do, but it's also 18-hour days a lot of time. It's a lot, a lot of work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I took my mom under my wing, I put her on like my water and ice team, so you know, (laughs) nothing too crazy, um, but at the end of the weekend it was just like this wide-eyed revelation of like, you are owning this shit, like I don't even, I know where you got this from, because that's my mom, that's what she does too, but just to, just to get that blessing from her after that, and then like, and now when she calls me during a festival I ask her, did you forget to submit your guest list? And then she knows, she's like, you're on a gig, sorry. I'll call you later. But yeah, the support of the, of the female, of the whether it's above you. and yeah. yeah, exactly.
3: That's awesome. Thanks, Sasha. Yeah. I mean, I'll add to that. I mean, let's be honest. Women get shit done. I mean, we can grow humans inside of us. I'm pretty sure we can handle a lot of shit. You know? And I think just surrounding yourself with these awesome women and, you know, being a musician and a chick who like uses tech in her you know in my performance i mean that's kind of a rare thing but you know my mentality is always like chicks get shit done and you say i can't do it no way i can do that you know we'll 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 run circles around you like we we can do it we can do it we can do it you know and i think it's just the reason why is because you know it's the sisterhood like we support each other we realize that you know like there's not a lot of us out there and we just kind of have to be, you know, united, a united front.
1: Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Kavehi. You know, um, just hearing the, um, yeah, yeah, just the allyship, the support from all of you for your fellow sisters um, makes me so excited and just like inspired, lit up. And it also reminds me that in the, you know, circumstances, the conditioning that we live in sometimes, women are pitted against each other right and it's not us but it's like the circumstances of you know society and so um if that's not too much for any of you to share i would love to hear like maybe a time where you felt like you know that energy in your world and and how you dealt with it and what you learned from it and like you know how that's changed you anybody have like anything around that around sisterhood you know maybe
7: not being not lifting each other up yeah yeah So when I first started uh, getting into this entire industry, um, God, I was fresh out of college, had a degree in international economics, like, you know, that was really gonna go go real far with that one. And um, I was broke and I wanted to go to this New Year's Eve party and I didn't know what to do, but I had some dance and theater background. So I decided to just start a little circus company. It wasn't even a company. I was just going to dance on stage for free so I could get to a party. <laughs> you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, uh, and it, it kind of just developed. It, it really was just kind of an accident. I started it with this woman who was um, a few, maybe 15, 20 years older than me. Beautiful, powerful woman. But, you know, it spun off. We created the circus. The circus ended up, um, it just started going real big. We started performing at Coachella every year. We did the Grammys. We did the Emmys. Like, it just, I don't know. I just wanted to be a freak, and suddenly everyone's like, we love freaks. (laughs) And Sweet. (laughs) Um, But it was really interesting working with her, because I felt like she kind of grew up in this older generation of, what was taught to us on how to show up and be a boss. And it was all this really male-influenced shit, you know? This 80s version of a powerful woman was a girl in a power suit that like, you know, took no shit, aggressive, that's not how I like my latte, bam, <laughs> you know? Just like, and, and, it, and it felt like that's how you needed to be to be taken seriously, um, either that way or or use her sexuality in order to have people pay attention to you. And, and I watched her kind of toggle back and forth between using her sexuality and using, um, you know, her kind of this really dogmatic way of being. Um, and, and I watched how that just did not, that just did not feel good and authentic to me. Felt really manipulative. It, it got it got shit done, but I also watched how it affected people, where they were taken down by that. They still did it, but they weren't inspired. They weren't uplifted. They didn't have that welling light within them that wanted to be there. That it felt like it be a gift to do it. It was, it was this really strange dynamic, power dynamic of like, I'm the fucking boss. You do as I say, and. And it took me a long time to figure out, like, what does the female version of power look like? Because we've not been shown, we've no, we've just simply not been shown that. There's not been enough good examples. Powerful women have always been interpreted to be these really bitchy boss types. That doesn't that doesn't work out for me, you know. And it's, you know, I'm a visual person, so I have, you know, I I the way that I just I keep getting this visual of like. Either you could be the person that's like, follow me, and you're hacking through the forest, and you're like, you know, real male energy-like, right? Like really protruding, really like, you know, getting in there. Or, or it's like, hey, I'm going to clear the path, clear on the path, and the choice is yours. We're in a real thick, bushy world. choice is yours, but I've already made this path. And it's and then naturally people step into that path. Naturally, they make that choice, and it feels harmonious. Yes. And it's really about how do you create harmony? How do you clear the energy? How do you make it so that people feel like it's their own choice? And that, to me, is is the shift of what it looks like to be a powerful female leader. Yes, yes, yes Nova. It's like. Um, <laughs>
1: Um That Audrey Lord quote, um, "For the Master's tools, we'll never dismantle the Master's house, right? It's like totally like you know, clear the way and we have a choice to to choose a new way. Thank you so much for sharing that. yeah.
6: I'm really so obsessed with everything you just said. I I
1: really like everything you just
6: said is like my like manifesto for the future. And when we talk about this idea of the future is female, it really is about what you just said. It's like, what does what do women and femininity, femininity in any person have to offer as an alternative style of leadership? And we are so obsessed with masculinity as value as valuable that we forget that the other side has so much potential to heal and lead, just as you were saying. And I think I'm really interested in... You know, sometimes they say like, oh no, we have... We, we employ women, we employ queers as if they're doing us the favor. But I, you know what I mean? I, like, I, I never understand that. I'm like, you would be so lucky. like you, you know. Do you know what I mean? Like, women pull up and we have so much to heal and so much to offer the men. And so many of the men are so threatened by feminism because they perci- per- perceive it to be this battle of the sexes. But that's them already masculinizing what we're talking about to begin with. It's like, we literally gave birth to you. Like, when the baby comes out, the mom doesn't look at the baby and say like, okay, if you don't cry, and if you don't trouble me then I'll feed you. It's not transactional. It's like we are gonna feed you no matter like we love you and It's like for me the female energy is so beyond. It's so beyond. It's like no This is love energy We're gonna heal you instead of saying kill it slay it You know how people say that these days We're like go crush it. It's like I'm trying to nourish it <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to give it life you know, I'm trying to fertilize it. Damn. Why we gotta be slaying, gotta be slaying anything? Damn. You feel me? So that's that. That's the alternative. That's the alternative. Um, and so when you all were talking too, it's like, instead of people like giving us a shot, I'm like, th- <laughs> Well, let me show you something. You feel me? It's like y'all, y'all think that this aggressive way of running shit is effective. Let me show you something. Let me show you when we come in and lead with love energy and kindness, and we actually give people space to step into their fullest potential instead of pushing them down and making them get a latte or whatever that example was like. <laughs> so, so I really, um, I really admire everything you just said because I've seen the potential of what love energy can do. No matter where, you're, whether you're male, female, or any gender, when you lead from that. Mentality, mentality. mentality of uplifting, it's very, very effective.
1: Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you both so much.
4: Does anyone else have something to follow up here? Yeah, Yeah, so something that I've been thinking about, um, you know, it seems like everyone's been conditioned to think that, like, women it's a competition um no matter what it might be like for example um like i represent closie and she made a post recently about how she's been seeing all these comments that everybody's comparing all the female electronic artists to each other and it's not about you know alice in wonderland is greater than toki monster is greater than miha like you know it goes on and on it's like we are all one you don't see people out there writing articles like the best male producer You know, you don't see that. And so it's like, why do we have these articles or whatever it might be? You know, some do uplift. Women, I think, in a way, but this whole construct of a competition, I think, was created not by us, because it pisses us off. You know, we're like, this is my sister over here. Like, I don't want to be pitted against her or, like, greater or less than. Um, And I think that I'm seeing it be, like, fighted against more and... um, I think we just have to continue like rallying together and supporting each other, like doing things like this and talking about it because the whole competition aspect of even in like, you know, a business setting, like you have to be the best female at the company and it's like, why can't we all be the best females at the company? You know, there's plenty of men doing it. A lot of, you know, so I think the whole competition thing is something that I've been really trying to like navigate around and I don't know. Interesting. Yes, thank you for bringing light to that.
5: Dasha? <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the, the competition thing, for sure. And that's, and especially as women do rise up, it's very much people turning to you and saying, well, she's doing that, did she take your job? Is that is that what happened there? And it's like, no, if we're creating these situations and creating a position in our industry in particular where we're able to share this, there's enough to go around. But not if we're, exactly, if we're pitted against each other or if it's someone saying, well, she definitely took your job. No, she didn't take my job. I've got enough jobs, I'm good. Share that love. Yeah, I trained her, you know, there's that. Like, I supported that. I want to see these people rise up because more of us, the more women that are doing it, it's gonna get shit done. Yes, yes
1: and Dasha just like from that note um, you know that's something I want to hear from all of you or whoever wants to share about yeah what are ways that you are supporting other women what are ways that you are actively like specifically like having that intention and taking actions to support sisters but also this paradigm that we're talking about this paradigm shift like how are we supporting that in our own lives how are we showing up in ways um, to serve that and to serve each other
3: well this last you know The last tour I did last year was all female. I brought, you know, all of the openers were all women, varying from ages 16 to 40, uh, depending on where I went. And, you know, there's competition can be a good thing, only when you're, you know, when it's not negative. Like, you know, I would see my friend Heidi on stage and seeing her killing it, and in my mind I'm thinking, god damn that's awesome like I want to do that how do I do that in my own way I mean I think there's a good way to take everything you know and turn it into the positive and you know women I feel like just in general are very compassionate like I think that's one of the great qualities that we have and I mean what's stronger than being able to love everybody you know it's like the strongest thing in the world and you know I think we can all learn from that and, and use a little more of that.
1: Karen, did you have something to say? Yeah. um, One thing that we
6: do that I've been doing now for like the past year, like religiously without fail, is um, I started this playlist on Spotify, The Future is Female, because I was noticing that now the whole game is like all the artists that I know are desperate to get onto the Spotify playlist because that's the only way you can get streams or get heard. Like the industry just happened all over again. The gatekeepers are just different looking you know, it's not suits anymore, it's like a tech bro uniform, it's the same shit all over again. But yeah, it's true, right? He's like, yeah, even I feel you. Yeah, I know. Um, So, so I was like, what is the reclamation of that look like? Because there is a cool part about the streaming services where you can be building your own playlist and then Uh, build in followers within that so that we can be listening to the artists that we want to be listening and put on each other. So the idea is that every single Wednesday I pick 30 femme, female, trans, queer, women artists um, and put them on the playlist and and then push on my own following and then other people's followings to click follow and be on that on that playlist. So we've grown it to about 4,000 listeners right now but like from scratch organically so I want that number to be bigger but I'm proud of that you know unto itself um so that we are the ones saying let's direct our fans and our followers to go listen to other artists who may not traditionally be heard um so that we're at least doing our part and it's so cool because so many of the more emerging artists are so grateful for that and we get hit up almost every day on dm or whatever to get playlisted and it's very empowering i'm like yes i will definitely playlist you of course like this is awesome um, so, so that's a very tangible thing that we do each week and we do it without fail and so submit music because we want a playlist to yeah. 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 hear that out. y'all
1: ladies out there you hear yeah.
6: that Adam okay. Gandhi Instagram DM yeah. I'm all about that DM life
2: <laughs> that's right Mared right. so I think for me I had a very similar experience to what Nova was saying earlier with a woman that was I had to she was my boss for a certain gig and it was a really terrible experience and I really learned a lot from it in terms of what you know I wanted to be and not be as a leader and so nowadays I think that some things that I try and do actively are of course just aside from always hiring women like and it's not even like oh I'm hiring you because you're women no I'm like I'm hiring you because you're good at what you do and you just happen to be a female because a lot of other people don't hire women they they second guess it um, in this industry but also just being an example for others you know like Nova was saying the way that I run my team is that it's not, I'm not yelling at everyone, I'm not like trying to whip them into shape, I'm not that, I'm trying to be understanding and just constructive and really helpful to them to make sure that we get what we need and we get shit done. And I think that that's really helpful. And aside from that is just really teaching, teaching in both men and women. Um, I have like my protege who's like, uh, I love her, she's great. And I teach her everything I know. And I hope that, yeah, I hope she takes jobs from me one day that she does that because she's not my competition. I wanna see her succeed. And I think doing those kinds of things really help and grow and lift other sisters up. Yes, thank you.
7: Nova? So, I think for this festival, my team hired maybe about 500 artists. Wow. And we work with them really closely, you know, and I, and for the roaming performers, for instance, I mean, there's a lot of different festivals that have a lot of different styles of like, we want to see performers out there in the field. And the first thing that I say to them is like, first of all, m- me personally, I don't care about hot chicks in vinyl cat suits on stage. Like, I mean, sometimes, but that's, <laughs> you know, sometimes, but that's not the identity of what we're trying to create here. And and for a lot of these girls, I'm realizing they're, a lot of them are younger. And there's this beauty industry that is being pushed on us from the day that we're fucking born. That our power is our beauty and it and and that we have to invest all this time and energy into it. And so one of the first things that I do when I hire these performance groups is I really pull them aside. I, I coach them along the way the entire time that we get here. And I really make sure that they understand what the offering is. It's not about, hey, look at me. Look at how fucking fabulous I look. I'm so fucking awesome and beautiful. That's, that's not where we're going here we're going for what the offering is what is the gift how are you going to be connecting with people in a unique and special way so that before they meet you and after they met you they feel like a different person they've gained something from it that's where we start and then from that we start to develop and figure out how are we going to support that vision and that plan the best that we can so that that's been a really interesting thing over the years that was a the first time i started hiring a lot of these performance troops they really didn't understand that they were like but i have this look that i want to turn and it's fab. And like i'm all about that fab look girl. But we got to deepen it. Like it's bigger than that cuz we're what we're doing here is we are we're creating and crafting a culture. And we don't want to keep support like pushing into the culture where it's all about this exterior. It it can be everything. So let's keep, you know, so i so i really take the time with those people that and and also i mean I ain't afraid to call girls out you know if I'm seeing a girl that I just feel like is not it is just you know it's not our it's not their fault it's just like we're, we're working with the information that we're being given and they simply have not been given the information yet that there is a whole nother way to show up and to be powerful and we've always been told that you have to be beautiful in order to be powerful and it's actually you can be beautiful. You can be powerful, and it shows up in striking and beautiful ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's like aim for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when I see somebody really like gunning for um, this like approval, exterior approval, all the time, I just I'm not fucking afraid to like pull them aside and be like, "Yo, first of all, this is kind of annoying me because because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get it yet, and I really want you to get it." And of course, they say it in the most loving way possible because i really want them to understand it but i take i will take a one-on-one with folks and and drill it into me and then actually my friends my, <laughs> i don't even realize that i do this <laughs> i've gotten so much feedback they're like you did that thing to me again because i get really passionate and i start to like do, and i like hit it in their chest when i'm talking i'm like you get that and i just like. Like hit him in the sternum. It's just, I mean, is I don't know, but something about that action. They're like, that fucking changed my life. Thank you. So much. But I want them to get it. You know, I want them to see their potential. I want them to see that their potential is something outside of the beauty industry that we've been given. Yes. Right to the heart. <laughs> I love it.
6: I just guessed accurately that she's a Scorpio. I should have said it into the mic. I mean, <laughs> Loki. I just guessed that shit so right, spot on. Yeah. Thank you. Can I add something really quick to that? When you were talking about how women are only valued for our looks, that's something that I really want to like drive home again in this panel too. That imagine if you t- just take the two like bi- binary genders, male and female, but you tell one gender, which is the female gender, that they're valued for their looks and not their skill sets, the way we allow men to be looked valued for their skill sets. Then what happens if both genders are given 24 hours in a day, the female gender now is spending a disproportionate amount of those hours on our looks. Even for me, no matter how woke I am, I still know that I have to show up a certain way or that I don't know whether it's my conditioning or not, but I value like hella dyeing my hair yellow and like hella matching my clothes and shit. So we're distracted. We're distracted by by aesthetics and by beauty. And so we wonder, why are there not more women in tech? Why are there not more women going to space? Why are there not more women CEOs, entrepreneurs, engineers, blah, blah, blah? That's because the six-year-olds are putting on makeup and carrying around Barbie, whereas the boys get to be like plugging shit in, you know, or whatever that kids do. I, I don't know, you do you know what I'm saying? And so And so the problem with that is that then when we get to the age of 18 and 25 and 30, when our careers really start to take shape, we are behind. We're behind. And that's because of this thing that you brought up, which is that women are valued for our looks. So that's why it is so important. Even when we're talking to young kids, I try my best not to tell a young girl, Oh, she's so pretty, she's so cute, she's so beautiful. I'm like, Thank so you. smart. smart. You're so capable. I'm like, I tell my new boo these days, I'm like, you're so capable, <laughs> so sexy, you're so you're so functional, you're so good at so many things. You know, like that's like the new that's like the new currency. You know, for so real. so it's like, and, and you're right. I think that it, there, there's hotness in being capable and being like your most vibrating self. I think that's when we look our most, our most beautiful. So that's why it is really important that we don't value women for
1: our looks because
6: just that supplemental messaging holds us back.
1: Thank you. And as a mother of a nine-year-old daughter, I so appreciate that. Everybody, don't tell those little girls all the time they look pretty. Tell them how powerful they are. Yes. yes. So um, here's kind of the next thing I want to pose to y'all is because we have some wonderful brothers out here. We're so glad that you guys are here and we love, we love the men. We love you men. And I want to know like, how do we, how do we bring the men into this movement? You know, how do we um, educate or bring awareness or welcome or, you know, bring them into this movement so that there doesn't feel like this bigger divide, but it actually feels like let's do this together hand in hand. How do we, how do we do this?
5: Yeah. That's a big one for me. Um, Because we are working with the men every day. Um, Gotta be on the phone with them, on email with them. It's always a funny one when I meet someone in person, they're like, oh, you're a girl. (laughs) Like, what does that even mean? What does that mean? The star in my email address didn't give it away. I don't know. Um, But no, so it's, uh, as of recent, having a couple men in the office with me um, more frequently than not, and Showing that that nurturing leadership um, position and that nurturing field that we can kind of create around ourselves and establish that it doesn't have to be this this competitive nature, and that you too, as a male, as a brother, can be supporting everyone around you, male or female, but establishing that there's there's a way to nurture as opposed to just this is what you're doing, I'm bossing you around. These are your things you have to get done. It's like. Let me help you to get these things done, but let me also empower you to understand that you have the capabilities to do this and that's that's been a big thing for the brothers and men in my life and and getting them to understand where we're coming from on that.
7: Yes, thank you. Yeah, when I am um, when I started kind of art directing, I started fourteen years ago and I would come on to these tours and these shows I would tour with pace nectar and and beats and whatever and and oftentimes I would get called in just to like if they wanted me to design them like this big shebang spectacular like for string cheese and it's always this interesting thing because these men have been sharing a tour bus for years together and all of a sudden I'd show up and I'm the creative director that day and they're like who the fuck is this 14 year old (laughs) you know like why is she telling me what to do I mean 14 years ago I I did look probably like I was 14. Um, I simply did not like it, and and it was it was bumpy for me at first to hold my own uh, and to not feel like apologetic for my presence. Um, but you know, going back to your original question, I, I don't know that it's like how do we bring in the men into this scene? It's not really for me. It's not like the men, the women. It's just. It's all the same. It's just, it's how do you be gracious in the way that you lead? How can you, like, respect everyone equally? Be, You know, give them accolades when they deserve accolades. You know, and and sometimes every once in a while, I'll I'll run into, like, an old-school roadie, and I can kind of feel that vibe. And if I need to, I'll take him aside and have a serious conversation and be really clear about what is not working for me in that situation. And doing it in a way that's not... Um, contentious, you know? It's about a learning experience. It's about teaching all the time. And sometimes you're like, I just don't have the energy to teach. I just kind of would be like, you're a dick. But, <laughs> but you know, that's where you have to rein in your sense of self-discipline and understand the bigger picture, cool it down. What's the bigger picture here? What am I trying to get and teach this person? Um, And sometimes they just simply won't get it. And guess what? I'm not going to hire him, ever.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think, um, you know, the whole misogynistic, like, uh, vibe exists in so many industries. In music, of course, as why we're all up here talking about how we're powerful women and navigating the the patriarchy that is always shows up. And um, that being said, there are so many amazing men out there as well who are caught up in it in a way that like everyone was conditioned and here we are but they're like wait this we're we're acknowledging now like oh this isn't right this isn't this isn't how it should be there should be more respect here and there and um you know as a queer woman in the industry i find myself in the position a lot of times where guys kind of they can come to me because i'm like safe or something i don't know but um and they can ask me questions about feminism and um, like they're genuinely interested they just have no idea where to begin and I think that that's something that a lot of men out there that are like you know I get it I see this like this is awesome like female power but like I'm a guy and like I don't you know where do I where do I begin how do I start to um, support this in a way that's appropriate and I think asking questions like I, I love playing the role where it's like ask me anything I won't be offended if you're trying to learn and you know we all are here to educate each other and you know you're given what you're given you may have been brought up with a bunch of guys and you know you, everybody has a little bit different of a background but having a open an open mind and willingness to understand um, how they can participate more, I think is a huge thing. So I encourage all the, the dudes out there, ask questions that you might be scared to ask, because we won't be offended if you have good intentions. So. Thank you for that.
6: Thank, did you, you want to say something? Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, um, I still feel like the men oppress each other. Like The men are yeah. really still on their own hamster wheel of oppression. Yeah. Y'all are and so the beauty of being female is that you don't even think like you don't even expect anything from us anyway So we're out here doing our own thing building our own future like, That's really how I feel and so I'm more interested in, in embodying the change in being the change so that the men come to me They're like wow if Madame Gandhi produces something for me. She cuts me some fruit We do a little yoga. We go on a nice run. We make some beautiful music. I have an extra bed for you. I won't try to fuck you. Like, do you know what I'm saying? You know, unless you're trying to get, you know, unless you need, that's what you're looking for. You know, then we can have a a safe, consensual conversation. (laughs) Yeah, girl. (laughs) There's not some sort of creepy expectation. Cut you some fruit. I'm really on the, I'm all about that cut fruit these days. Loving that fruit. Mother nature is crazy. Anyway. I think that the men are truly on their own hamster wheel of oppression. And I mean what I mean by that, you know, I did my MBA at Harvard. I did my MBA at Harvard. I graduated in 2015, and that's the breeding ground of the capitalist patriarchy. And I got to spend it, spend two years of my life watching this. And I was like, this is so this is so farcical to me. Because once you make your first million, then you want your 20 million, then you want 1 billion. Then what? So you'll be 60, and then now you're trying to buy a yacht? Let's go on a boat ride tomorrow. Damn. Yeah.
1: eat some fruit
6: and eat some nice fruit and be in the sun together and enjoy our youthfulness damn so this is what i mean like the, the like we are in the most joyful part of our life right now yep. We don't need to struggle to eventually do something. And this is what my mom taught me. And when you mentioned your mom, you know, I watched my mom and my dad. My mom is joyful in her 50s and my father is still on his hamster wheel and I have so much love for him and he has all the money in the world and he's still on his journey. So this is it, it's like I'm not interested in like overly educating the men. When y'all are ready to de-brainwash, we're here for you. I'll give you a nice hug. Yeah, that's
1: how I feel. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'll say something really briefly. Um, Earlier when Dasha was saying about the email thing with men, I kind of, it reminded me, my name is Mered. You've probably never heard it before. No one ever knows if I'm a female or a male on email. And I send probably like 50 plus emails a day, every day. So it's definitely interesting when I have a face-to-face interaction with someone afterwards, and they're they're not sure what to expect. one time I was hired, this was maybe like six years ago, maybe more. I was hired at a festival, actually, and I was on the camera team. And for those of you that don't know about video production, the camera team, as adult video in general is already male-dominated, but the camera team is extremely male-dominated. Why? I don't know. So I was actually hired on that team, and when I showed up, the guy basically told me to go home. He did not want me there. And I said him, like, no, like you hired me, I'm going to do this. I did it, and in the end, like he probably learned, like I could do it better than anyone else that he would have hired. I don't know, I'm sure why he wanted to tell me to leave, but I just kind of learned that that's kind of the li- the world that I'm living in and how I can change it, and that I need to be the person to make a difference. And going back to teaching, and I take people aside, like I don't have any fear in doing that. I've had someone like yell at me in my face in front of like people that I'm running as if like that's gonna do something, and I'm like, no, like that is not how I work. That is not how I run. And just being able to teach people and showing them, like you said, showing them what love and care and what genuine, like, good interest for people. Like, I have nothing but the best intentions for the people that I work with and my team and everyone else. And understanding that that's that's what's going to get people far and not anything else. Yes. Yes.
1: So juicy. So all this talk about love and care and fruit, has me um, thinking about, you know, I think one way that, um, you know, feminine leadership is is really wise to is self-care, right? That like, we've gotta take care of our bodies, we gotta connect with our hearts so that we can lead with love. So one question I have for each of you, and for this one I would love if every single one of y'all will share, is like, what is, what self-care, like specifically in your life, like eating some fruit, um, what, you know, gets you through your day so that you can show up as a leader of love as a femme leader as the incredible being that you are here before us so you know as a yoga teacher as a meditation teacher like man if I don't do my practice if I don't you know hang out with my girlfriends if I don't get in nature then you know I'm a little jammed up and maybe I can't really embody all that love that is within me so um, you want to start and we just go
2: along yeah. yeah I think for me my biggest thing is this is silly but my dog my dog is like my child. I, he takes, I, he goes everywhere with me. He flies on planes, um, and just making time for that. Like it's, I can easily get stuck. Like here, we're working 18 hours. At home, I'm working 18 hours. I'm always working, and it's hard to kind of leave the computer, leave the office, leave the set, and make sure that you do things for you. And like, he's a constant reminder of like, okay, I need to make time for him. He is a, an animal and alive live thing that I'm responsible for. So it's a reason to get out of the office, like you know, turn off the cell phone, like. Ignore everything and kind of do something for me and get outside. And I like to go hiking and out in nature and kind of—it's kind of a really stark contrast between the office, like computer life, and like getting away from everything. But I think it really helps me clear my head and kind of relax and bring me back to the center and kind of keep
3: me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, puppies for sure. <laughs> it's all about—it's all about the puppies. I know I have three uh, crazy rescued. Th- Pitbull dogs that really you know give me tons of love um, and everyday same thing like taking a walk I walk them for an hour and a half everyday outside no phone no no nothing just you know we live on you know on our, like 40 acres of branch land and we just kind of let them go free and wild and I think you know self care ties into self worth too you know just kind of remembering that you know you're you're okay you're good you know you 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 get your shit done you're worth it i think that's the most important thing and you know from there it's history it's her story, <laughs> it's her
4: story. Yeah, I like that. yeah um you know, what we do, what I do as an agent, I mean, it's socially so overwhelming, it's exhausting. Uh, you work all day, you talk to people all day, and then you got to go to a show, and then you talk to them all night, you stay after the show, you keep talking. like, And uh, so I'm still figuring out the whole self-care thing. I'm, I haven't figured it out quite yet, but um, it's something that I actively think about all the time. And, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to have an amazing fiancé who keeps me in check and keeps my head on straight most of the time. So... Um, I think just recognizing and allowing myself to sometimes just listen to my body and my like social overwhelmingness. Is that a word? I don't know if that's a word. You know what I'm saying. And uh, and just being able to uh sometimes just have to say no and like go home and go to sleep. Or, you know, and just like I'm yeah, no, I'm not gonna stick around after the show like I gotta go home. I gotta take care of myself thanks for bringing <laughs> up boundaries and learning yeah. to say no
1: yeah. so yeah. important in yeah. this sisterhood yes, yeah, totally so
5: um, I love myself a good pedicure <laughs> I'm the first to say it um because we are running around on our on our feet and doing our thing and so that's Like, my turn-off time is sitting in a pedicure chair. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, But I'm also a big traveler. So for me, my kind of reset and recharge is is getting to experience a new place. And that's kind of what I think helps put everything in perspective for me. Um, I think... A lot of our country in general could use a little more perspective right now, but just really putting myself in a really unfamiliar situation, and that for whatever reason is really relaxing to me. But I think it's that it's it's the whole like, okay, there's nobody in this city that knows me right now, so I'm not going to go into a coffee shop and there's going to be somebody who I'm like, I'd rather like let's not have a conversation right now. Um, so that's that's my reset and recharge and and kind of my self love is taking myself out of this crazy element that we really get like really sucked into at times um and forget to kind of remove ourselves so that's that's what it is for me yeah
6: I related, to, I, I related to a lot of the ones that you just said, and then I'll add, um, in the morning, I, when you know how this concept of meditation gets thrown around a lot, so for me what meditation looks like is just taking a couple moments to visualize my day and what are the things that need to get done, or what are the things that I would love to happen, and not setting myself. We can do without the misogyny for 10 fucking minutes, damn.
1: know where that's coming from
6: sounds like it's saying bitch all over and over and over again it's like damn it's like you know i love the beats but i'm always like i'm not trying to turn up to the sound of my own oppression damn okay anyway meditation staying focused on um on what it is that i want to achieve for that day i'm a pisces all day so i'm always trying to like uh, manifest what i need to happen um so so that's one thing um i always also try to eat really clean i try to be like did the earth make this and if it didn't then i try not to eat it um and then and then a lot of just like yeah running and and boxing and yoga and crossfit and things like that sorry i think we have to keep it moving but those are mine yeah
7: um i like to do a lot of really weird shit I like to craft, I like to do pottery, I like to knit, I like to go to weird art shows. I have a lot of interest in a lot of weird places and I like to explore all of them. And for me, self-care is just tuning into that voice inside that says, what do I need in this moment now? And it's a practice, it's hard to find that voice, it really is. And it's changing all the time, and I'm pretty dedicated to just, you know, feeling what that is in that moment, even if it doesn't make the most sense for that moment, is just being guided by that beat. How do I feel right now? What do I need in this moment? I might need to go outside. I might need to go for a run. I might need to just, who knows, (laughs) rip my clothes off and run through a field naked. I don't care. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, And... I think one of the, the biggest things that I've learned over time is that some that there's a big difference between the most urgent thing and the most important thing. It's urgent maybe to do your laundry, but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is meditating that morning. And sometimes it's really hard to make that distinctive difference because you're like, oh my God, I gotta do all these things today and you go through your checklist and they're not the most important thing. The most important thing is that you do the things that you need to do for you for that day. So like finding that distinction has been pretty huge for me. Um, I also find that um, people are always like, oh my God, they they follow my Instagram. How do you do all the things that you do? And And I'm like, I simply do all the things that I do because I do them when I feel like doing them. And if I don't feel like working at that moment, I'm just not going to do it, Uh, I'm going to do something else. And I find that it actually is super efficient for me because I have this new energy that I approach everything. When I'm approaching it from this place of like true desire of this is where I want to be at this time, I'm fucking efficient at it, (laughs) you know what I mean? And then if, like, oh, my God, I've, like, been outside for a hike for a whole two hours. When I finally come back to work, I'm blazing. I'm doing real good. As opposed to if I was just, like, trying to crunch through my day and, like, get over that work hump. If I'm not feeling it at that moment, I'm not doing it. Yes. Thank you so much.
1: Y'all, we're out of time. I wish we could just like talk for like three days straight because you guys have so much wisdom to drop and um, just want to thank you all so much for being here. And thank you all for coming and um, and caring. That's the thing is like if we all drop in and care and care about humanity and care about each other, like that's really what we where we got to start. So thank you for caring and for being here. Thank you so much.